FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 199 of the podcast that goes snicked. I'm your host, Jason, the sword whore of Madripoor, Venable, and I'm joined once again by Cameron. Hey, did anybody notice that I took all the characters from my cancelled series and put them in the most anticipated series of the year as supporting cast? Sinclair. hey <laughs> Oh, wow. Uh, I need to turn you down just a bit. You are super hot. You're super hot. This mic is hot. Hot mic. Hot mic. Hot mic. Hot mic for a hot man. Alright, that, that's better. Should I talk about groping? About groping? No, you're not running for president. Hot. Because it's a hot mic. <laughs> hot topic. There you go. Very topical. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> We're going to talk about Wolverine Year 15, Part 1. Um, oh, you didn't want this to be your election special where we just <laughs> talk about the elections? <laughs> it might come out just in time, but um, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's... Um, We're going to talk about Wolverines one. number 2 and 3. I feel like it's been forever yeah, since we've talked about number 1, but we're going to finish up that first story for you guys. And then I have an, another couple of guest appearances I'll do at the end. All right. Well, we had some technical difficulties that none of you will have to hear. Thanks to the magic of editing. <laughs> oh, you don't want to leave 10 minutes of us sputtering and trying to figure it out. Right. <laughs> People definitely want How to does that. Skype and FaceTime work? <laughs> anyway, speaking of topical... In the real life in 2016, um, something came out this week, and it's the yep. trailer for the new Logan movie. Yeah, it did. Yeah, so Denise and I talked about it on our current episode a little bit, but I wanted to get your thoughts as well. Yeah, so I, I assumed you watched it. I did. Yeah, what did you think of it? Um, I kind of thought it was pretty boring. Oh, yeah? <laughs> no, I thought it was amazing. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it was... You know, reflection. Not re- no. I made up a word. Um, <laughs> it was a one hundred percent amazing. The song choice. Yeah, I really like that. The look, everything was just like right up my alley. Yep. It's it's the Wolverine movie I'm ready for. Yep. Then did you did you ever go back and watch the international trailer I sent you? Uh, the R rated one. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only difference was the guy getting stabbed to the head, right? Yeah, this is like a like a half second, <laughs> if that, of a difference. But it was pretty intense. Just, just you know, it was a very clear statement. This is a different kind of Wolverine movie. Yeah. Yep. So, which is All good. Right. And I, I said this before, and I'll say it on the air here, just, I guess, to make it official. When the so, Sony, right? That's who does them, right? Fox. Fox, I mean, that's right. Sony's the... Uh, Spider-Man. They used to have Spider-Man. Or still do, I guess. Now they're, they're co, co-sharing Spider-Man. Yeah. All buddies now. But. Right. Uh, but when I first, you know, when Deadpool came out and it was so popular, and I remember reading stuff about Fox scrambling to announce that the next Wolverine would be rated R. At first, I, I was kind of 
perturbed by it because it kind of felt like uh, like this the studio was just scrambling to try to make people happy, and so I thought, oh, right. you know, they're just going to try to make it. They're going to take a regular Wolverine movie and make it unnecessarily violent, and so I was kind of disappointed because I thought, well, I don't know if that's going to be good or not. But I thought this trailer showed me a movie that needed to be rated R. Right. Instead of a movie that they made rated R just so more people would see it, instead it was a movie that this has to be rated R. You can't have a pretty old man Logan post-apocalyptic kind of scenario. Right. I don't know that fully post-apocalyptic, but so you know somewhere in that vein, it's right. like that has to be rated R. So I was like, this, this is perfect. I need, I need, I want to see a gritty, violent one. So speaking of, you kind of made a little, little either intentional or unintentional uh, reference there. Because uh, the rumor all along was that this would be based on the Old Man Logan story. Yeah. And it would be called Old Man Logan, but obviously they decided to drop the old man part and just yeah. call it Logan. What do you, you have any thoughts on that? Don't really care? or. Well, I, I felt like it's different. At least what I saw is different than the Old Man Logan story. Oh, definitely. I mean, it has to be because they don't have... That that story was full of regular Marvel characters yeah, that, that Fox can't use. It wouldn't make sense in this context, but I right. like the idea of of going with that i that trajectory of kind of an old man Logan who's not fully isolated like he is in the the, the series old old man Logan. He's kind of isolated, so you still have Professor X, you still have some connections there. We bring in the the, the young girl that I. Assume is going to be X twenty three. I can't imagine it be anything else. And so, kind of a, a merger of Old Man Logan and the X twenty three series. So I don't. I don't know. I, I I loved it. I thought it was really. Yeah, good. I thought it was a really good trailer. I I like you. Uh, agree or really like the song selection. And I really yeah. like the way they cut it. You know, because they didn't just play a section straight through. Like was re edited to put certain lyrics together. And I thought that right. worked really well. So Denise and I kind of disagreed. So do you think? Professor X is alive in this movie? Oh. Yeah. Okay. I kind of feel like he's going to just be part of Wolverine's, like, in his head. But, I can see that. Like, he'll see him, but nobody else will. <laughs> yeah. I guess I felt like there was enough... The, the scenes... I mean, I don't know. I just didn't think about that. So if, right. I'll have to think about it for a little bit. I guess I feel like there were a couple of scenes where he's he's laying down, doing more than just, like what a memory of, of Professor X would do. Right. But I don't know. That, that's I don't know if it's necessarily memories. I, I you know, kind of like, oh, no, I guess I guess in the Wolverine, those the scenes with Gene were all just true memories. But kind of like, almost like he's his imaginary friend. That's kind of, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm reading too much into it, but that's kind of the vibe I got from it. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think about it. But um, like it could go that way. I'd be, I would be interested in that as well. Yeah, and just kind of in his, in the yeah. folds of his gray matter somewhere. <laughs> but you know, in a movie, unless unless they did a lot of like narration, which would be kind of weird, I think. I mean, I guess it could work. But this is, I guess, a way, like in a comic, that you know, Old Man Logan, he's just walking around thinking, and so he's got to figure out a way to get him to verbalize that stuff. Other than talking to himself, which is weird. <laughs> a narrator, which I guess would work, but it'd be a pretty different experience, I think. Yeah, you, you know, it'd almost have to be like straight noir if there was yeah. like a Harrison Ford voiceover. Right. 
just so, uh, just to stir up the, all the Blade Runner nerd controversy. Uh, right. <laughs> that would be funny. That would be interesting. But yeah, I don't know. I'm excited about it. Yeah. I think it's going to be really good. So do you think X twenty three will be like full X twenty three? Like you think in the third act she'll she'll pop her claws and join the fight, or do you think she'll mostly just be? There's a scene at towards the end that uh, Junior was talking about where it looked like, and I hadn't gone back and watched it since I talked to him about it, but where it looks like he Wolverine is stopping claws, like his claws stopping someone else's claws. Oh, interesting. I yeah, mean, I, I, I need to go back and rewatch yeah, it. Yeah, thought he saw that, and so I think I, I think it's going to be. I, I can't imagine it, that they would have her as a character and not right, have her no, popper claws. Okay, because well, then it's like, well, why just make her jubilee? I mean, right. just be <laughs> there's no reason for it to to be X twenty three. Right, too much awesomeness to her as a character to not use that. I agree. I think so. Yeah, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting also to see if then how, if they, if and how they will bleed that into the next X-Men movie. Well, that's, that's the big question because this trailer seems to indicate this is a different future. You know, because the X-Men movies are kind of running in like two timelines right now. Right. You have like the future that springs off of X3 and goes into the Wolverine movie. Then you have the future that goes into Days of Future Past. Yeah, but I think that's I think that's actually a single timeline. You think so? No. Because I think what happened is in the way I read it anyway, the the X twenty three future, I mean X three future is the future of Days of Future Past. You think so? And so first class just went back and told us a prequel story of what would have happened before the first X Men movie. And then Days of Future Past merges those two timelines. So it's like Wolverine in the X-Men 1, X-Men 2, X-Men 3. Most of her, Tons of people die in X-Men 3. This is where we get the Sentinels, all the crazy stuff. Yeah, and but some of the people that died in X-3 are in Days of Future Past. Like, you know, most specifically Charles Xavier. He died in X-3? Yeah, remember he died in the end of the movie. You're led to believe that he possessed the body of that comatose guy. No, I didn't remember that. No. And then in one of the movies, I forget which which extra, was it Wolverine Origins? Or the Wolverine where they had the extra scene where Magneto and Professor X meet him at the airport. That was the Wolverine, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And so they're back alive at that point. But I guess that wouldn't be the X3 timeline either. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that all plays together. No, I, the way I read it, and I guess I forgot about Professor X dying. I was thinking, I, I didn't remember that there was anybody that existed in Days of Future Past, in the future timeline, Days of Future Past, that died in X3. I figured, I, I guess Professor X, they could have, maybe he didn't really die or something. Anyway, so my thought was that that was the few, that was the single timeline that uh-huh. carried all the way through. Then they just erased it with Days of Future Past by going okay. back in time and changing uh-huh. the future. Okay. And so then I thought this movie then is just once again fast forwarding out to the future. And so that what we get at the very end of Days of Future Past where he comes back and Cyclops and all those people are alive again. But this still continues because it's way in the future and he ages, okay. you know, slowly and so. Well, so, uh, so, so anyway, back to your original question about yeah. how this applies to the future of the X-Men French film franchise and, and X-23's part in it. 
So the thing about this trailer, though, and we'll have to see how it bears out in the actual movie when it comes out, but they seem to indicate that Wolverine's the last mutant. Yeah. And that's why I was surprised to see X-23 because he thought there were no mutants were left but him. And so if if they continue on with some kind of story with X-23 after this, I don't know how that would play into other X-Men movies unless, I mean, they can find a way to bring X-Men back or have more new mutants or whatever. But I think you'd have a hard time returning to old characters at that point. But like I said, we'll have to see how it actually plays out in the movie. So that brings us to the the million-dollar question. Obviously, in the comics right now, you know, after the death of Logan, we have the alternate history Old Man Logan, but the main Wolverine title is X-23 as Wolverine. So do you think this will set up a situation where instead of recasting Hugh Jackman, that they just set up Laura to be the Wolverine for future films? Could be. I mean, isn't it? Didn't uh, Hugh Jackman say he wasn't going to do it? Oh, yeah, this is it. So if if there's Logan in more movies, they'll have to recast. But this might be a way kind of around recasting is make her like a legacy character. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I guess the question will be, are they going to reboot again? Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) They get new characters. It seems like they've built a lot on this one. It seems like they went in a a long way to merge the different trilogies to then just reboot. Right, right. They did the the Star Trek uh, reboot without rebooting. Yeah, which Um, I thought was fantastic. Yeah, I agree. Well, um, in so both yeah, cases. It, it does seem like then, you know, why why reboot again? But yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know where they go next. Yeah, I kind of thought that they would go, they would keep doing the kind of like decades Backwards. thing. Yeah. And then, but, but, but I, the problem with that though is all of those characters, <laughs> they, they reintroduced back in, no, scratch that because they could use the kids they used in Apocalypse. If they said, okay, we're going to pick up in the 90s right. or whatever, whatever the next big storyline is, they do something in the 90s. Executioner's could... song. Ooh, yeah, that would be, actually, that would be really cool. And they did it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or the legacy virus. Right. Is that the same? That's not the same one, is it? No. No, no. I don't think so. Legacy oh, yeah. virus might come after out of that. I'm, now I'm trying to remember. There's 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 X Men nerds screaming at us right now, and deservedly so. I would it would be interesting if they did if they did that and they tied that into the old man Logan scenario. Oh, legacy huh. virus, and that's what ends up happening. Interesting, yeah. Huh. Like, I don't know. So yeah, that would be. Um, I mean, I guess we're not going to get a Hugh Jackman. Probably, they might yeah. offer him so much money he can't say no. But I don't know. <laughs> Although I don't know that Age of Apocalypse did super well, you saw it, right? Or you still haven't seen it. I got it. I bought it. So Dude, come on. Yeah. No, I need to watch it. I just, to I just bought. I know. I know. I know. I hang my head in shame. <sighs> Jason, no, I, wait, I pause had, it. I had a baby, man. <laughs> <laughs> I pushed I a go. baby out of my pee hole. And, yeah, um, you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. It's like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Yeah, and twins. Does that make me the Danny DeVito? I was in junior. No. Or is Denise the Danny DeVito? Oh yes. I'm not. I'm not going to compare my wife to Danny DeVito. <laughs> I want to. Probably, I want to preserve my marriage. That's probably better. 
Uh, yeah, okay. Well, at some point you got to watch it because we got to talk about it. I know, I, I will. I have lots of things to say about it. And for the next time we do a flashback episode, I will watch it. Okay. I'm going to hold you to that. Yeah. We got to, we, we'll have a little bit. So I <laughs> should have some time. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, anyway, speaking of flashback episodes, anything Flash- else? Oh, yeah, nice. Anything else you want to say on the trailer? I don't guess so. Oh, no. did you watch the cartoon when I sent you? Not yet. I did retweet it, though, so other people can watch it. That's good. I saw that. They made, yeah. Someone made basically cut it the same way, but with the cartoon. I don't. And the, the still shot looks like an animated X-23. Yeah. I don't remember her being in the cartoon. I don't either. So I'm wondering if someone like just did this like in the style of the X-Men cartoon. I don't know. I don't awesome. think she was even a thing when that show got canceled. Yeah, unless there's a... Oh, you know what, though? It, it may be scenes from that... Um, What was that one when Wolverine had the orange and black suit? Cartoon for like... It was either late 90s or early 2000s. Yeah. Did, I think Disney she may have been in that. No, doesn't Disney have an X-Men cartoon? I, I don't think so. Yeah, they don't have the rights to that. I thought they did to the comic part of that. Just not the movie part. And as Fox made the cartoon, the original cartoon. Did they? Okay. I think they have anime. I think it's anything that's film or TV, I think. Okay. They have. Yeah. And then Disney. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I was surprised to see her in there too. So, but whoever did it did a good job because it looks, all the scenes look pretty similar to what the trailer (laughs) shows you. Awesome. The the music just gives it the the same kind of feeling, obviously not as intense, but it gives you a pretty (laughs) similar feeling. Awesome. Well, I did. If you want to watch that, I did retweet it. So people feel free to go out there and check it out. Go to the Twitter sphere and check it out. Cool. Well, what do you say we jump in our little time machine and go back to 1988 89 and uh, talk about some it. old Wolverine comics? Let's do it. All right. Here we go. All right. And we're back ready for some late 80s Wolverine. Wolverine number two. And three. All right. All right. Before we get started, let's take some calls. Let's take some calls. We have uh, Spoogie on the line. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> I like Wolverine. Hey. I feel like uh, heading heading nowhere, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna stop the call section of the show. <laughs> Thanks for calling, Spoogie. Always good to hear from you. <laughs> I thought you said Fuji. Oh, well, that too. Fuji's, uh, Spooji's uh, much fun. Yeah, or Fubu. Fubu called. Fubu. Yeah. It's about this time period, right? It's probably a little early for Fubu. That was more, so. more early 90s. Yeah, I think that was a 90s thing. 93-ish, maybe. I don't know. I don't remember. But anyway, Wolverine number two. Number two. Out. And uh, Whoa, what was that? It is possession is the law. This is written. Yep, this is written by Chris Claremont with pencils by John Bashima, inks by Klaus Jansen, colors by Gwyneth Oliver, and letters by Tom Orzechowski. And so, Cameron, you read this on Marvel Unlimited. Yes. Were you able to? Oh, I think you. I think. I know from your text that I know the answer to this question, but were you yes. able to view the front and back covers? Well, in the 
in this one, the second page is the back cover. Oh, okay. I was confused that I see on your comic in the in the screen there that that's the back cover. I don't know why that. I thought this was a weird second page. <laughs> yeah. But yes, the back cover. Okay. Well, so the front cover by Vasima and Jansen is a classic Wolverine cover. And yep. it's Wolverine and his black togs facing off against a silver samurai with a red background and black blood splatter across the top of the page. And Wolverine's yep. cutting Silver Samurai's chest, and Silver Samurai is pushing Wolverine down. It's just a great, classic, awesome cover. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, love it. Uh, the back cover is by Bill Sienkiewicz, Um, and it's uh, interesting. <laughs> it's awful. I, yeah. I don't think I would like Wolverine as a character if he looked like this. <laughs> It just looks ridiculous. Yes. Well, A, he has some awesome, awesome cowboy boots. Yeah, awesome with quotation marks. Right. And he's, he's standing around in the desert with his, uh, oddly enough, his uh, Johnny Depp hat. Yeah. And a bandana around his arm. He looks like He looks like he's supposed to look like a Native American from the 1970s. Okay, yeah, like I can see that. Like a 70s kind of look, like he's going to go out to uh, Wounded Knee and help and occupy it for a while. Right. Or yeah. Alcatraz or any of the other aim movements of that era. But like not necessarily, but like in a weird way, because it's clear that he's not Native American. And so it's just like a guy with really long, that's why his, his chops are like so long. It's almost like he has a, like a fur neck. What do they call those fur things you wrap around your neck? Oh. <laughs> like a fancy yeah. leg would have. Yeah. We really hit on the desert scene. We have cactus. We have mesas. We have a coyote howling at the moon and a buzzard in the distance. And then um, yeah. I like how carved in one of the rocks it says Logan, a.k.a. Wolverine. <laughs> Yeah. I'm also trying to remember his tank top, yellow tank top. I'm trying to remember if First Flight is a real brand or not. I couldn't remember. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah. can't remember either. I also don't like that his, his hands are hairy. Oh, he's super hairy. Body's so hairy, the hair extends onto his fingers. Yeah. No, he's super hairy. But the fine, like, heavy ink of his hair, actually a lot of this... I never really put the two together, though I guess I probably should have. And maybe I thought about it before and just forgot. But um, this really was reminiscent to me of Jay Lee. Yeah. And thinking about it now, whether I ever have before or not is, I guess, irrelevant. But thinking about it now, I can really see how Jay Lee was really influenced by Bill Sienkiewicz. Yeah, I can see that. So, yeah, but especially 90s Jay Lee, not so much modern day Jay Lee. Yeah. Because he, he cleaned up his act, so to speak. <laughs> or at least his art. Um, but yeah, no, this has a very a very 90s J. Lee feel to it. So. Yeah, I just don't... Uh, I kind of like his face. He looks like the the bouncer for Old Crow Medicine Show. <laughs> he looks like the roadie for that band. Yes, there you go. 
But yeah, I, I would agree with you. The the face itself is really well done. Well, I, so let me let me be be clear. As an artist overall, I really like Sinkevich. I just he made some interesting choices in this pinup or a Wolverine gallery is what it says that I just don't really care for. Yeah, I just don't like the choices. It's not a bad none of it is like a bad art situation. It's just like I don't like it. Yeah. But that's preference, I guess. Yeah. Preference for how I think Wolverine should look. Right. And fancy cowboy boots is not in the equation. I just don't feel like Logan would wear fancy cowboy boots. Yeah. These boots were made for a snickton. <laughs> That's just what they'll do. <laughs> One of these days, these boots are gonna snicked all over you. Oh, you should have said all up in you. Oh, all up in you. All right, well, anyway, let's get to our story. In our story, Lindsay McCabe and Patch visit the bar where Jessica Drew was due to meet her contact with the sword. Lindsay gets along with the bartender while Patch snoops around upstairs. Patch is attacked by a silver samurai but can't fight his best without blowing his cover as Wolverine. So he intentionally takes a beat down before a crazed Jessica Drew quote-unquote cuts in. <laughs> they tear up the bar. Turns out Drew is possessed by the blade. I want to remind everyone, this is Jessica Drew in the time period where she did not have her Spider-Woman powers. So, yeah. right, just, to, just to remind everybody. Um, so it turns out Drew is possessed by the blade. The curse can only be broken by the sword wielder's death. Patch can't stop the fight, so he literally brings the house down with his claws. Jessica runs off. Patch follows as Cameron yawns. Um, Lindsay and Silver Sam save each other and team up. Patch catches up to Jessica and they tussle. Um, in that tussle, because, you know, he's getting cut by the sword and gets pretty pissed, uh, he goes berserker. Um, he's able to take the blade and moves in for the kill, but, aw, the blade is in love. It has found its true soulmate. And it bonds to make Dark Wolverine decades before we got the comic Dark Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, so um, on page four, we get a classic don't turn around, bub. I have a couple of issues I wanted to bring up with this. Okay. So, are we to believe that Wolverine is hiding out and has disguised himself so that no one recognizes him, but that his disguise consists of a small eye patch? I, that eye patch is tiny and barely covers up his whole eyeball. It looks like one of those things that people put on their eyes when they do uh, sunbathing or like tanning in a tanning bed. Right. <laughs> but only for one eye. But it's like his hair is so pronounced. The idea that someone who's seen him before, who knows what Wolverine looks like, wouldn't get that that's Wolverine because he's got an eye patch on is really, really funny to me. It's like Clark Kent 
just with the glasses kind of thing. Right. Glasses on, no one knows who this is. <laughs> glasses off, oh, it's Superman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wolverine, he's got the pointy hair, he's got the cheek. Everything about it is just obviously Wolverine, except he's got a tiny eye patch. Right. And he really keeps that up. And the idea that all of these people knew him. Jessica Drew knows him. Silver Samurai knows him. Yeah, it's, it's hard to miss. Even but... Lynn Cobb knows him, right? She knows him from something else. Yeah. Yeah, Jim they all know. They, they hung out together in San Fran. Yeah, oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, so I thought that was that was kind of funny as I thought about that. Uh, yeah, uh, it definitely is. It's interesting. The, yeah. the artistic, you know, the artistic choice to make it so so small. I thought yeah. it was really interesting because it's not even like a pirate eye patch. It's bar- yeah. I mean, it's barely there, at least in this issue. Um, yeah, I agree. It should be a big eye patch, and he should wear a hat. Well, he wore a hat. Uh, <laughs> Famously, we talked about that in the me and John Wilson in the Marvel Comics Presents episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that hat, you know, almost Indiana Jones style where, he, you know, he has to go back under and grab it. Um, I do want to correct my comment on page four. It's okay. not a don't turn around, bub. It's the turnaround, bub, because Lindsay uh, Wolverine says, you stay down here while I look for Jessica. And Lindsay says, the heck I will. I'm coming with you, bub. So he, she <laughs> turned it back around on him. I just misread yeah. my notes. Nice. Um, and he makes little smoke rings with his cigar. Or well, I guess it's, it's back to a cigarillo in this, this issue. That even um, just looks like a long cigarette. True. Yeah, it does. Long Virginia Slim cigarette. Yeah. Although I don't like to think of Wolverine smoking Virginia Slim. <laughs> no, I don't either. All right, so any questions or comments before we get to this reveal of the Silver Samurai? Um, I do want to say that after our last episode, Pat pointed out he really likes the yellow sweater. On Lindsay McCobb? Yeah. Okay. McCobb, McCabe? I'm, I'm assuming I'm going to my phonics, and since there's a silent E on the end, it makes the vowel long. So I'm going yeah. to say McCabe. I kind of like you saying McCobb makes it sound like a Western. And we're it in the saloon. So. Gives a much darker, more ominous feel. Although she's not a very macabre character. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe it is a play on that. If she was, if she was a brunette, I would buy that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, um, she's really no, drunk. Or gets more really drunk. After the reveal, so. So there's, I have a question. And okay. now I'm trying to remember why I asked it. On page 11, when Patch... First starts fighting with Silver Samurai. There's no page numbers on this. Uh, oh, really? That's limited, a bummer. Yeah. I, think I, I think I can tap it and it will show me. There we go. Okay. All right, say it again. So page 11. All right, so there's a line because, you know, this this is shot full of, of internal narration. Um, yeah. And Wolverine is talking about Silver Samurai. And he's talking about like he did in these early issues. Anytime he had a solo story, he explains his powers. And um, <laughs> he says, he's a mutant, same as me. My power is a healing factor. His is to channel energy through his sword blade that enables it to cut through anything, including, he likes to boast, my adamantium lace skeleton. So is that true, or does the Silver Samurai just think that? I was trying to remember 
I know there's a part where Wolverine stops the sword with his claws, right? Like the first time they fought? Wasn't there? Or am I not remembering right? I feel like that's true. But, I mean, I feel what you're saying. I feel like what you're saying is true. And then but maybe stopped. not, because it isn't in the... I know it's not... Well, yeah, it, it wouldn't be the same sword. Because in the Wolverine movie, doesn't he cut through his claws with his sword? And I would think that's probably from the comic. Yeah. But, I, but in the movie, it's because he had... His sword was adamantium, too, right? Oh, uh, yeah, maybe right. Yeah, and it was like, oh, he doesn't hot. Power. That's true, because it comes from the suit. Yeah, in the movie, he's a a dumb character. Yeah, no, it's terrible. Uh, It was a real disappointing end to what I thought was a really good movie. Yeah, the first two-thirds of that are amazing, yeah. Um, But yeah, I I don't know. That's a good question. I I wondered that same... I had the same question myself, because I don't... The idea of Wolverine always being invulnerable. I mean, remember... The sun couldn't melt his adamantium claws. <laughs> his skeleton, because he survived when he flew into the sun that time. So, I have to say that I don't think that... Uh, I feel like they, at some point, they must have retconned that away, or just pretended that didn't happen. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. And it couldn't just be that, um, you know... Silver Samurai just says that because he, he says the I mean the line does say he likes to boast, so it could just be yeah. that, that Wolverine just doesn't want to you know find out <laughs> whether it's true or yeah, not. Yeah, it may just be maybe he can, maybe he can't, but they, we don't know. Right. Cool. Well, so apparently, yeah. when you uh, are possessed by the Black Blade, you become very sexy. Yeah, and very formal. I thought. I, I thought. <laughs> Another point I thought was weird is why does she start speaking in old English? I have that exactly in my notes. I said, yeah. not sure why an ancient Japanese blade makes you talk in old English. Yeah. I thought they said at the very least she should start talking in Japanese. Right. <laughs> why now she's turning Japanese. I think I'm turning Japanese. I really think so. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. I thought that was funny. I was like, "Well, now she's she's a she's a King James version talking everybody." Right. I also thought it was funny on page thirteen when we see Which the is re- technically Middle English. In case there's oh. any big out there. Okay, sorry. Nobody, <laughs> any of the they're already screaming at us about the the movie stuff. So. Right, and, and whether or not we understand yeah, the comic cr- the chronology. Room, but- the Rennie crowd. I don't want to burn those guys. Right. But I did think it was fun that uh, Busima doubles down on the sexiness on page 13, where he reveals that Jessica Drew's like in this really skimpy, skin-tight outfit. Yeah. My other comment to that is in the middle of all this, why does she take the time to go and get all gussied up like that? I, because she's, drunk. she's trying to get the guys to leave her alone. Right. So she's going to bartend and work. Uh-huh. She's What's waiting that? for Wolverine to get back from saving her friend. Well, she and she want... thinks, I'm going to go put on a skin-tight dress, fix my hair up. Hey, man. Got to get better tips. I think it's funny I... that she, she must be able to find yellow clothes wherever she goes. Yeah, that's true. She's like the, the guy on Curious George. <laughs> 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 she 
She's the sexy version of George's handler. You're right. This brings me to another question that's a bigger question. Okay. Why? Where's her other leg? No. No, it's there somewhere, I'm sure. (laughs) How come in movies and shows and comics, old movie shows and comics, when people get drunk, they always get the hiccups? That's happened to me once or twice. I don't think I've ever... I've gotten the hiccups. If I if I got drunk because I was drinking too fast, I mean the same if I got hiccups normally drinking too fast. So, so it's I'm an like, irrelevant point. What? So it's an irrelevant point. But I guess because you know it's like in the old movies when when there's a drunk, like an old town drunk guy, he's always got the hiccups. Yes. And this thing, she has the hiccups for the rest of this comic and half of the next one. Well, and you make a good point, or maybe whether intentional or not, because when we talked about this in issue number one, and then through these next two issues as well, there's a lot about this story just overall that's very reminiscent of old movies. Yeah. And I feel like this portrayal may just be a straight borrow from that. Whether Claremont meant to do it, or whether that was just a trope that was still existent, I don't remember. I don't know. I guess, and I mean, but it's definitely a, you're you're right though. It's definitely a drunk trope that yeah. you can get the hiccups, you fall, and you break something. Yeah, and I mean, you know, to and be then fair, at some uh, point when the plot requires it, you suddenly sober up. Right. Well, and to be fair, how else do you show someone is drunk in this scenario? I mean, true. If this is just like a an easy shortcut to say this person's drunk. Right. But it's a funny trope because I don't, I mean, I've never experienced it, but maybe there's people who, when they get drunk, they get hiccups all the time. I don't know. I don't, it's, it's, I don't, I don't think it has ever happened to me, (laughs) but I really get the hiccups when I eat spicy salsa for some (laughs) reason. Oh, hammer. (laughs) (laughs) Jason took a shot of bourbon and now he's got hiccups. (laughs) I don't want to go to the next comic. I'm, I'm tired of this one. <laughs> All right. I also like there's a guy. I feel like in, there was one in issue number one too, who like has like an old school like stripy pirate shirt on. I know that we had that same pi- the guy the cosplay pirate from the first <laughs> our first issue, and there's another guy like that too. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. But yeah, big fight scene. Um, uh, the the shooting effect where the guy pulled out his gun and made a big deal about how he's going to equalize because of his gun and then Samurai's just like ching 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 yeah that's pretty <laughs> awesome blocks all the bullets all with his sword Jedi style yeah well and this is the podcast that goes snicked so we would be remiss to not point out a pretty awesome snicked on page 19 yeah it's when Wolverine busts through the wall at the Kool-Aid man and uh yeah. This oh yeah snicked, <laughs> but just the angle of the shot um, as he's kind of first of all it's an open hand snicked, which is pretty rare back then. Yeah, and, and there was a long time where I thought Wolverine can only pop his claws when he made a fist. Yeah, um, well, that's why I thought that was the trigger. But right, yeah, but since that's not the case, but right, but but you see like almost through the claws, like looking up at his face. It's a nice, it's a nice shot. Yeah, except for the tiny eye patch. Yeah, 
And then so he cuts through the wall and, and literally brings the house down. But yeah, um, that's kind of all the... I like how um, Jessica Drew, evil Jessica Drew, when she crumbs out from under the rubble, she puts the blade between her teeth and jumps. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a little dagger. Right. This giant katana blade. She's um, holding a giant sword in her teeth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's funny. That was funny. I thought. So do you think, and I don't remember what happens out of this, but it kind of felt like they were leading to like a Silver Samurai Lindsay McCabe hookup. Yeah. Well, that that plays out a lot more in the next issue. Oh, right. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, they have the big fight and then Wolverine fights her for a long time and then she keeps putting the sword in her mouth. Yeah, she does. Like three or four times she does that. And then uh, he takes it from her. Now here's Here was the last comment I wanted to make, the last thing I had in my notes. <clears throat> so Wolverine's idea is that he's got to kill her, probably. Right, to stop her. Because, right. So, But then we have this moment here where he takes the blade from her and then tosses it to the side. He doesn't toss the blade. He takes oh, the blade right. from her. You can't toss it. Right, takes it. And I, But I thought, I thought it was weird that he takes the blade from her, but then doesn't seem like he's waiting to see if she goes back to normal. It's like he takes it from her, and then he gets his claws out and is about to kill her. And I thought, but if the whole point is she has the blade, and so that's what's transformed her, why wouldn't he take the blade from her and then wait a second to see if she stays transformed? Well, I don't think he has time. I think he grabs the blade and... Right before he can really do anything, the sword starts talking to him. Well, because we have this, you have the panel, he takes it from her. Right. And then, and then the next panel, he's about to stab her with the claws, and then the blade starts talking to her. So it's not like, it's not immediate. There's at I, least I think a, it's pretty quick, though. I'm going to talk maybe quick. a second or so. I don't... I, don't, it's, I guess in, in all the dialogue up to this, <laughs> he doesn't ever say anything about taking the blade from her like it just becomes I have to kill her now right what maybe if you take it from her she won't be infected anymore I don't know yeah I don't know he's infected and she gets a red jumpsuit once again yeah she changes the sword doesn't I mean it literally changes your clothes speaking of the Kool-Aid man yeah because he goes to like this awesome like pirate pants with a red sash Actually, he looks like he's about to go to the set of Bloodsport. Like, he's on his way there. <laughs> yeah. And I gotta say, and we'll talk about it in a second, I, I really like most of the art. The close-up on, like, Dark Wolverine's face is not good. It's, yeah, it looks too too cartoony. He looks yeah. like a little, like a silly bad guy. Right. And nothing about this story has been silly. I mean, that hasn't been the tone. Yeah, not really. No. Except for drunk Jessica, I mean, uh, drunk Lindsay McCabe. Right. I mean, that was comedic relief, but it was, I don't know. It wasn't yeah. like clownish. Yeah. But Definitely. anyway, so what did you think of the art? I thought it was pretty, pretty good overall. Yeah, well, that's pretty good. It's definitely very sketchy, but that's the what Buscema's going for in this, yeah. this series. So and there's a lot of times you can tell, like, like, Buscema's definitely drawn it, but you can tell 
Jansen's inks because there's a lot of panels that look very Jansen-y. Yeah, if you're well, familiar with his pencils. Draws, his, his art, at least in this era, to me reminds me of like old art, older than that, you know? So it's like he, it's like a throwback to the 60s and 70s art where it's a little, like you said, sketchy. It reminds me of that, but then the inks kind of keep it from look just looking old. Right. So it's an interesting kind of mix, I think, of kind of having the sketchy, older-looking penciling, but then a kind of darker, thicker inks, and the colors are a little more... I think this is one of the digital color. Yeah, I thought it looked pretty good, though. But it looks good, yeah. All right. What do you think of the story in this one? I thought it was pretty good. I, I, I didn't... I didn't like it as much as I did the first issue. Okay. It didn't, it didn't, uh, to me, it didn't keep the pace or at least, um, I don't know, I guess the the intrigue of the first issue seemed to kind of go away and this just kind of became more about a drunk Lindsay McCabe and then the sword possessing people. Yeah. So, but I mean, you know, it was still, it was good. I just didn't, I didn't like it as much as I thought I would after the first issue. Yeah, I hear you. So I did think it was interesting. You had asked a question before we started recording, and I didn't realize through all of this that um, Maramusu, I'm not saying, I know I'm not saying that right. Like it's Muramasa. Yeah, yeah, Muramasa. And he was an actual swordsmith of a legend. Yeah. And was even... Like there was even stories or tales that he imbued his spirit on the swords. So I didn't realize that Claremont was borrowing from that. I just never put that together. But that also kind of really makes more sense because you know, we kind of compare this to like, especially the first issue, but, but some in issue two as well, Kind of that noirish feel, kind of that old adventure feel, like an Indiana Jones. Yeah. Kind of, you know, stuff like that. So to take like a real situation and just kind of fictionalize it and update it to Wolverine's mythos actually makes sense in that vein as well. So besides just the fact that we're tying, you know, this into kind of Wolverine's like samurai heritage that Claremont's starting to rich in. It also fits with the tone of the story of taking like this old artifact that was actually based on reality or at least based on an old legend that people already yep. knew. You know, like, like in the Indiana Jones using the Ark of the Covenant or the uh, Chalice of Christ or whatever. I mean, yeah. it kind of it, it keeps that theme kind of going. So I actually kind of appreciate that more now that, that I looked that up. Yeah, I, I agree. It was that was a very interesting revelation. So for those of you who already knew all that, eh, congratulations, we caught up to you. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. There's a podcast uh, that likes no. to antagonize our listeners. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that that the in, in the next issue when uh, Silver Samurai really tells the story, I thought it was it was interesting. It was more interesting than I realized it was, which it was always interesting, but even more interesting. Right. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, so when are you going to grade Wolverine number two? I'm going to give it four out of six. Okay. I'm going to go slightly higher than you. I'm going to give it five out of six claws. 
I think some of the stuff you talked about, the pacing, is going to go into apply more to me in number three. Yeah. We'll see. So speaking of number three, what do we got? All right. Uh, hold on. I got to figure out how to get there. I'm still figuring this uh, Marvel Unlimited out. Okay. All right. So Wolverine issue three, the Black Blade. The Black Blade. With... Chris Claremont, writer, John Bushima, penciler, Al Williamson, inker, Tom Wojciechowski, letterer, Glenos, Glenis Oliver, colorist. Glenos. Glenos. Yeah. Yep. So, we open, I mean, the cover is a Wolverine in mostly samurai armor, holding the sword, getting shot in the face by a shadow figure in the top corner of the page. With a basically naked Jessica Drew next to him. Yeah. And it's by Vesima and Williamson as well. In some kind of temple, temple look, temple looking background, which will reveal in the comic it is a temple. But right. And she looks like a sacrificial virgin. Yeah. They're sacrificing her. Yeah. But yeah. It, it's, a, I, 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 it's a cool cover. Yeah, it's pretty good. I don't like it quite as much as number two, but it's still, still pretty good. Yeah. I would agree with that assessment. And what we got on the back cover? <clears throat> so we open. Uh, we open with Wolverine. Well, let's talk about the back cover for a second. You have that again? Uh, I don't. Oh, really? Okay. Let me... Yeah. What's on the back cover? Uh, oh, yeah. That's not in here. Oh, bummer. All right. So we have a pinup by Kevin Nolan. And it's pretty dark. Uh, it's an all like blue and black with like a pink light over a naked wolverine and he's in a forest kneeling huh. and eating the guts out of a bird. Oh, gross. Is know, that, that know, title he's... Wolverine uh, gallery like the other one was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wonder why it's not in here. That's weird. That is weird. <clears throat> why they would put one and not the other, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, it's pretty good. It's pretty dark. You, know, you can see like the the stringy flesh of the bird, like from the carcass to Wolverine's mouth. So it's just yeah. very walking deadish. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, cool. Well, I'm sorry you didn't have that. Um, yeah. Well, shame on you, Marvel Unlimited. Shame right. on you. So we open with Wolverine standing on fire on top of a building, holding a passed out Jessica Drew. Who is now Asian. Whose name, whose hair color keeps changing. <laughs> Surprisingly, throughout this show. Well, it should be black. Red. So, this yep. one's right. It's red at one point, and then it's blonde, normally blonde. But there was a couple of panels in the last issue where it was red, and then now it's jet black. Jessica Drew's hair wasn't red, though. Are you, are you thinking of Lindsay McCabe? There was one, I thought there was one panel where it was red, no, and I thought it? that's okay. weird. Well, she should have black hair. That's her her real hair color. I said usually blonde. I meant usually black. Oh, okay. But I, I, there was, there's, I thought there was one. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I got mixed up. Maybe I'm thinking something else. Anyway, um, so we open up with a crazed-looking Wolverine holding a sword and a Jessica Drew, um, with no shirt in his uh, luchador pants. Proclaiming, Wolverine with no shirt, just to be clear. Yeah, to be clear. <laughs> Not Jessica Drew with no shirt. Yeah. This is this isn't that kind of show, Cameron. That's right. That's right. Well, she's got her Kool-Aid man outfit on, so she's... Um, 
Yeah, so Wolverine proclaiming that everyone needs to tremble below him because Black Plague is master worthy of its name, which is him, and that he's going to have to sacrifice Jessica Drew. Why not? Yep. The sword so, made me do it. What's that? The sword made me do it. Yeah, that's exactly. That's exactly what happened. So Wolverine takes Jessica Drew. She he jumps into a bunch of flames, and Lindsay McCobb, McCabe McCobb says no, and then jumps into the flames too. And then Silver Samurai saves her. Her dress catches on fire, so he cuts it off, and so now she's got a super mini skirt on. <laughs> yes, the old "let me cut off your burning dress" routine. Yeah, um, and then they have a conversation, and it. Silver Surfer has a weird transition where he suddenly Samurai. becomes, he suddenly seems to really care about Lindsay McCabe and even like starts playing the hero, like saving her. It's like, wait a minute, that's Silver Samurai. <laughs> well, he's, but remember, he's not like a true villain. I guess that's true. He kind of walks the line, but yeah. it seemed like a really quick transition from the guy that's trying to kill people and now he's like, I really care about this girl. Right. But that goes back to well, your... You cut off her dress and saw those legs. That's true. He was like, I gotta save this girl. You gotta save those luscious thighs. That's right. So, and then Lindsay McCabe says she's got an ace in the hole. So, we cut to... Well, they're talking about how to find Wolverine. So, right. cut to her patches, we should say. They all call him Patches, because the tiny eye patch... Oh, I wish it was Patches and not Patch. <laughs> Yeah, I do too. Uh, they call him Patch because he's got a tiny eye patch. Yeah. <laughs> so we cut to batch. the princess bar where the chief of, chief of police of Madripoor is talking to O'Donnell. What's his first name? Do you know? I don't remember. O'Donnell? They just all they just say O'Donnell. So he's from the he's in the Marvel Comics present story. He has a, yeah. a full name, but I don't remember off the top of my head. It's not really important. I was just curious. And so the police chief. I'm going to say that, Buzz. The, the, <laughs> Bud O'Connell. Buzz O'Donnell. There you go. Um, so the chief of police is kind of milking O'Connell O'Donnell, sorry, for uh, information about the fire. And the uh, fight at the bar, and O'Donnell's not interested in giving him any information. And then Silver Samurai and uh, miniskirt Lindsay McCabe walk through the door. The chief of police kisses her hand and asks her something about how he knows who she is. She's happy about that. And then he leaves. So then she goes to O'Donnell, and they start talking about Wolverine. They hatch a plan because Lindsay McCabe remembers that o O'Donnell's got three cultists, as they call them. It's the three people from the hotel setup in issue one. Oh, yeah. He's got those folks captured in a basement, and so she wants to interrogate them. So she convinces him to let her do that. Right. Remember that Lindsay McCabe is a struggling actress. Yeah. That's an important point in the story. And so she arrives... She gets all hardcore crazy on him, grabs the lady of the three, throws her on the ground, and then appears to basically beat the shit out of her. <laughs> all with screaming and slapping and crying. And bopping. Oh, and bopping. O'Donnell tries to stop it, but Silver Samurai basically wants to 
says, let's see how this plays out, basically. <laughs> and so the other two guys get so scared of this Joker-looking Lindsay Macabre. And yeah, so that was nice. It looks like a little Joker, especially with the way she's kind of hunched over walking with yeah. the dripping. So uh, the then the blade. other guys agree to talk as long as she stays away from them. And so she says, oh, poo. Which is funny. <laughs> and then walks out and then reveals pretty quickly that it was all an act because she's an actress. Yeah. And that she wishes the producer of Sorority Slasher had seen <laughs> So she could have got a better part. Oh, man. Now we cut back to, I don't know, a hotel room or an apartment or something where a freshly showered Lindsay McCabe is walking down the stairs. She is fully dressed, I should say. This is not right. our storm shower scenes. Where right. She's always- it's not Dazzler who is perpetually just getting out of the shower and wrapping herself in a towel. Yeah. She's already showered and in her sweatpants, walking down the steps. On the other hand, Silver Samurai is da- pretty much naked. Yeah. Except for his eye cover uh-huh. and his loincloth. His diaper, yeah. His little diaper. And so he's practicing. She's impressed by his practicing. <laughs> they start talking, um, and she's pretty much hitting on Silver Samurai. And so then he tells her his story about him being a mutant and his power and the sword and the Muramasa, which is what prompted us to investigate that term we mentioned a minute ago. And then O'Donnell walks in and says, "Let's let's go look." So we cut to a cave in the mountain. That is the hideout of the cult or whatever. Yeah, they've got the information from the, the people they interrogated. Yeah, they got what they got what they were looking for. And so they sneak up on the temple right as the ceremony's beginning. Lindsay McCobb knows all about guns because she's an actress. <laughs> and so I I Yeah. I may not be a machine gunner, but I played one on TV. Exactly. The old, uh, I play a doctor on TV joke. <laughs> um, yeah, so she's got, she seems hardcore with her gun, and O'Donnell decides he totally trusts her with that gun and that she's going to be okay because she played a soldier and spoke <laughs> to soldiers. And so now she knows all about it, which, you know, she does. So I guess we should give her some credit. All right, so we get in there. They're looking. The ceremony begins. There's a bunch of druid-looking people walking around. Wolverine comes out in a full samurai gear, the the armor from the cover plus a mask. And then Jessica Drew comes out in basically like a kimono. Uh, Wolverine prepares to execute her or sacrifice her, we should say. And then she takes off most of her clothes, Jessica Drew that is. Oh, that's why I was thinking her hair was red, but that's not her hair. That's the uh, that's like part of the costume she's wearing. Yeah. There you go. I, I missed that because in the second, next panel you can still see the black hair in the back. Right. Anyway, he's about to kill her. Right as he lifts the sword up, Jessica Drew's struggling. I mean, uh, Lindsay McCabe's struggling over whether or not she's a killer. She's not sure if she can do it. She decides if she does it, she kills Patch. If she doesn't, she kills Jessica Drew. So right. she decides to shoot. Well, it's Wolverine. further complicated because she doesn't believe that Wolverine is in control. So yeah, she's yeah. like, he's she, not really evil. It's not like I'm choosing between a good guy and a bad guy. I'm choosing between a friend who can't control himself and, you know, a friend who's going to die. Yeah. And uh, who also can't control herself because she's like drugged or right. under 
bell or something too. Jessica Drew, that is. <clears throat> so she gets Wolverine in the face. He falls down. She then, Silver Samurai then jumps out and starts taking on all of the druids. Yeah. And a pretty couple of badass panels of him slashing lots of people. And she tries to save Jessica Drew, but Jessica Drew is still in her kind of trance. Wolverine gets up, although he's lost the top of his mask now. Well, it got shot off. Reminiscent of uh, Anakin Skywalker in Return of the Jedi when he takes off the Darth Vader. Okay. Bottom thing. And then Wolverine's about to kill Lindsay Macabre and Silver Samurai blocks him. So then they fight for a long time. Um, And then kind of inexplicably, Wolverine just quits being entranced. Well, he gets shot, right? Well, he got shot earlier. Yeah, but that just really just shot his helmet. Right. But so this time he gets shot in the shoulder, and he throws the sword. Where does he get shot in the shoulder? Uh, Lindsay shoots him. She picks up the gun right before he's about to kill Silver Samurai, and she shoots oh, him. It didn't look like that went in. It looked like she missed. Shoots him in the armpit. Well, maybe she maybe she didn't miss. So he throws the sword, and he keeps fighting without the sword. Then he gets the sword back. Oh, he fights then, it. Yeah. So then he starts to break his concentration. Right. Well, it's the classic, there's still a part of me inside. Um, yeah. It just, it's, it's a, it was, it felt to me like a random, like, we're just ready to wrap this story up. Kind of <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. Yeah. Well, there's no trigger. It's not like he remembers something or like he's knocked in the head. It's just like he's right. fighting and then all of a sudden he, says something about friends and then the black blade calls none friend it is a law unto itself forged in blood but then Wolverine remembers that he has friends McCabe Drew decides he will be nobody's slave and throws the sword in the wall and then Silver Samurai grabs the sword but is not transformed because it turns out he is the one the sword has been looking for Oh, how sweet. And so he's not at all affected by the sword. That completely took over everyone else and changed their clothes. It doesn't affect Silver Samurai at all. No. And so Wolverine picks up Jessica Drew, and they walk out into the woods in a very, what felt to me like a very 80s ending. Yeah. Kind of like, oh, I'm good. Silver Samurai's got his sword. Yeah. Let's go no party. Foul, let's head back home. <laughs> <laughs> no real development in this whole story. Right. Except that Silver Samurai gets a sword. Yeah. And let's let's try to remember that. I'm I'm haven't been very good at like we'll have these stories and you know, the writers will kind of bury them for a while and they pull back and like, hey, where was this person again? Where, what happened to Lady Deathstrike? What happened to this sword? Yeah, so let's try yeah. to remember that Silver Samurai is currently in possession of the sword. So next time we see it, there should be a Silver Samurai story involved. Yeah. All right, well, what do you got? Um, not, Nothing extra. I mean, I, I pretty much did everything except I, I did ask the question why is Lindsay McCobb still so drunk in the first part of this but she snaps out of it after a bit 
Yeah, after she gets her dress burned off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, one of the things I noticed like, right off the bat, like, from the opening splash page, you you know, even though the penciler, Rishima, is the same, you can tell a big difference in the tone of the art by changing inkers from Klaus Jansen to Al Williamson. I and the agree. whole whole like tone of what the art is doing is not necessarily bad or, or worse or whatever. It's just very very different. It gets it gets more old art looking. Yes, it does because it's cleaner for sure. Yeah, and, and we, more we, defined. We made, that, we made that comment in the first issue about some parts looking like those comics for grown-ups that used to be in the newspaper or the comic strips. Uh huh. And so this one, two, didn't really look like that to me. Right. But Jansen three doesn't seems do that. to kind of go in that direction. Yeah. yeah Jan- that's not Jansen's style, but yeah, getting back to Williamson, we have some more of that. Yeah, especially like in the facial expressions. Though, I really enjoyed the art during the interrogation scene. Yeah, that was well done. But, um, but yeah, no, it's definitely, it's... I don't know if it necessarily, in my opinion, benefits from being cleaner. Yeah, I, I, think, I agree. I think the sketchier style fit the story a little better. Yeah. But as far as the, the plot, I liked it. Um, here's where I'm going to kind of... I feel like the pacing felt pretty stiff. Yeah. Especially in the wrap-up, which is very like, let's put the dominoes in a row and then knock them down and we're done. Um, I actually didn't like it very much. All right. Well, I was going to say also, um, before we talk about grading, this issue was Claremont to the max. Lots of unnecessary verbiage. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, Claremont has, there's a lot of good that comes with him. Um, I don't know if this one was necessarily all of his strengths <laughs> and not some of his... Uh, less desirable parts to read. But, um... Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so you didn't like it very much? No, I didn't. And I I think part of it is, I think it's... We waited all this time for a Wolverine series. Yeah. And so we have the first story arc. The third issue is barely even about Wolverine. He's barely in it. (laughs) He's possessed pretty much the whole time. And I felt like, especially because I didn't enjoy the second one as much, and then I enjoyed this one even less, and then at the end to realize that this whole story arc has really just been about getting getting Silver Samurai a sword, it kind of pissed me off. <laughs> like, the first arc of the Wolverine series, and literally nothing happens to Wolverine. I mean, it's like he gets possessed, and then he's not possessed. And then he's fine. And so there's no, like, anything. I mean, I guess you get a little development with the Lindsay McCabe, McCabe and uh, and Jessica Drew. But I don't know. It was weird. It was like Wolverine became a, a, a tool to advance the story of other characters. <laughs> but it's like, but this is his book. Right. That's what's supposed to happen when he's in Spider-Man. He's a tool to advance Spider-Man's storyline. Right. But here, this is the Wolverine book, and so he's just getting Silver Samurai Sword. <laughs> and so I was, and I thought when he got the sword, he's going to be the warrior that they that it wants. 
Right. But then it was, and it took him over. Yeah, I I would so. say, and I guess that to me, you know, would be maybe a shortcoming on Claremont's part because I don't think that would be his intention. I think his yeah. intention would be to tell this story about, you know, Wolverine giving in to the sword and then fighting to get rid of the sword, and you know. It needs to go somewhere, so let's give it to Silver Samurai. But it does, and particularly because the first part of this issue, you're right, was dominated by Silver Samurai and Lindsay McCabe and O'Donnell. Um, It really does. We don't get any struggle from Wolverine. It's like I agree with you. The idea that this is, if it's Wolverine giving in and being taken over and then fighting his way back out. Right. Like that idea, and we but don't here, know but, he's fighting but, until the but, scene where he gets rid of the sword. And even then, it's not clear that he was ever fighting until that very moment. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. I know. I don't have to be possessed anymore. I'm done. <laughs> what, what was the struggle? And so the, the the book ended up spending most of the time on the the budding love affair between Silver Samurai and Lindsay McCabe <laughs> that I just simply didn't care about. And so, yeah, I don't know, and it. And it wasn't, to clarify, it wasn't bad. I don't think it was a bad story. I just felt like it was a really disappointing story to be the way this first arc of Wolverine ended and to just not, to me, just not be that interesting. Yeah. When it started out, very interesting. I thought the first issue was great. Yeah. The intrigue, all the stuff that went with that. You know, the pirates and like we talked about the kind of Indiana Jones stuff, the adventure stuff. It's almost like the Wolverine movie. We just talked about it. <laughs> Two thirds of the movie is a really interesting story of Wolverine on a journey, and then the freaking Silver Samurai showed up. Stupid. <laughs> they took it right from the comics. It's exactly the same. We have thing. to mirror the comics. We're going to make a good movie, and then Silver Samurai is going to ruin it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So yeah. I, I was, I was pretty disappointed. I didn't hate it or anything. I don't necessarily disagree with you. I don't think it bothered me as much as it bothered yeah. you. But um yeah, I didn't I missed I missed Klaus Jansen or Klaus Jansen on the inks. Yeah. Well um, and, and that's a, that's another point to to add to that. Klaus Jansen took a story that was and made it feel darker because of the inks, which I mean right. that's a little on the nose, but right, it made the story darker. Because he had more inks. And so you felt more of the kind of struggle out of that. And the stakes think, felt yeah. higher. But in this one, it, it, the, the, uh, the lighter inking. I don't know if it's lighter. It's just finer. Uh, just different. Yeah, yeah. just different inking. That, that it, it took away some of the darkness so that it, became, it felt low stakes and, I don't know, basic. It just seemed like kind of a basic story. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and I think... Hater. I think the idea of... I mean, I think it made sense to go to this place. I mean, we're, we're doing kind of the old... You know, and we keep harping on this, and I don't, I don't mean to, to beat a dead horse, but kind of going with the old adventure style, you know, in a, in a, in a foreign land or whatever. I right. It makes sense that, that one of the scenes would end up like in a kind of temple sacrifice situation, like that's a trope from a lot of those movies. So it makes sense yeah. to go there. 
but that part seems so unthought out. Yeah. I, I think I think I would have rather because the, the idea is I think is solid. The structure or the, the, the plot points I think are solid. I think it's more in the execution. I yes. think it would have been a better book if Silver Surfer and Lindsay McCobb had not Samurai. been the story. And then it had been we've seen Wolverine going to the temple. Right. Struggling on the inside. Yeah. Maybe having some thought, you know, block inner monologue of him talking about I, I don't want to be doing this. I right. you know, I Jessica Drew's my friend and you know and then kind of see that process of the ceremony, but it was it's like Wolverine's right. there and then he disappears and then it's them yeah. having a romance and then he shows back up <laughs> and they, he changes he quits being possessed. It's just right. yeah. have a scene have a scene where he gets to the temple and we show the struggle but also show like because you have all these followers that are following him because he can now possess the sword. But that's all just between the lines. Like, there's no... Yeah. Who are all these people? They right. don't even introduce the idea. They call them cultists. Okay, right. what cult? <laughs> they worship the sword? They worship the person that wields the sword? Right. Are they now going to follow Silver Samurai? Oh, interesting. Right? Does he take over the temple and start and, and be the leader of this religion? Ah. Oh. Or, is it, or do they only follow a person when they're crazy possessed? I don't know. Uh, that's a good good question. Does Silver Samurai suddenly have an army? Yeah. Huh. I don't think so. I don't yeah, remember I don't, that ever being any, I, a thing later. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't remember <laughs> where the sword shows up next. So I'll be I'll be really curious to see a how long it is until we see it, and then b what the situation is with it. Yeah. Strange. Yeah. And how did Wolverine get, how did he find a samurai armor suit with little holes for his blades? His claws? Yeah. I'm assuming, you know, you know, the holes don't have to be there. I mean, it's adamantium claws. Right, but it looks like, the, the picture looks like he's got the little bubbles that he always has on his uniform. Oh, on which, uh, which frame? Uh, in the last page of the top corner. The last page? I mean, the top middle. Oh, sure enough. Huh. I don't know. That is, that is curious. Because I would just assume that when he went to the temple, the armor was waiting for him. Yeah, that's what I figured. He puts it on, the, he puts yeah. on this ceremonial suit. In which case, if that's the case... And I know this series so far has not really talked about this at all. But um, if that's the case, they should have had a funny scene where he was too small for the armor. <laughs> yeah, a little bit more. Uh, but they haven't really talked about his diminutive stature at all in the solo series so far. Yeah, not uh, yet. He doesn't really look any shorter than anybody either, most of these panels. Yeah, I mean, if you if you look, he's he is smaller than Silver Samurai, but you can't. But it's most of the time it could just be perspective, like it's not clear. Right, that but also, right. Silver Samurai is a big dude. Yeah. So. Well, they have that too. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they should have they should have had a scene where he was trying on the he was trying to put the armor on and like almost like a, a David and Goliath scenario where. 
He's trying to dress <laughs> yeah. up David in this this kingly armor, and he can't fit in it. Yeah. All right. Well, all that said, when are you going to grade Wolverine number three? Um, I'm going to give it a two. Okay. Two out of six for Cameron. Um, yeah. I'm going to go uh, slightly higher than you again. I'm going to give it three out of six claws. I'm, I'm with you. I think you nailed it on the head. All the elements are there. And I even enjoyed more than you the relationship with Silver Samurai and McCabe. And I, I thought the interrogation scene was fun. There's just, and just a little, there's not enough depth in this issue for me to really kind of sink my teeth into. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and like you said, it's just, it's a matter of Claremont not really delivering in the execution, I don't feel like, in this issue. Yeah, I agree with you. And when you, when you add that, that I didn't enjoy the art quite as much, um, you know, it just kind of all averages out to an, an average ending to what to a story I was really enjoying. Yeah, I agree. Just disappointing is the best way to, I think, the best word for that. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Well, um, I'm going to talk about a couple of guest appearances, but Cameron, I will let you uh, hop off. So, any, any closing thoughts on these two issues? Uh, just that I hope I hope the series gets better. In my memory, I don't remember. Yeah, so. I, I don't know. And as we said, as we said before, I don't. I didn't really start reading the Wolverine solo series till maybe the 30s or 40s. Right. I think. Well, yeah, and for me, I think our, the next time we we talk about the Wolverine book, I think I think I decided we'll go through six, and that's about where I stopped, or what I had, because I I had gotten the first few when we were get, buying oh. back issues as a kid, and then I didn't get, and then when we started collecting was in like the thirties, forties, and then so so. By the t- by, the time we get past the next episode, we'll be into issues I've never read before as well. So um, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Well, it, there's some, you know, scrolling through the covers. There's some pretty good looking stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it'll, it'll be good. Hopefully it'll be, uh, the, the execution will get better. And, you know, I guess we should also give Claremont a break in that it is the first time we're having Wolverine solo series. And so working um, out the idea of what a book without any other X Men is going to be like. But he had, I mean, he had six issues on the or was it That's on the miniseries. That was just four, though, wasn't it? Uh, four, yeah. And yeah. I, there aren't there other X Men in that one? Um, barely. Not much. I mean, it's yeah, it's definitely Wolverine is at the center. Yeah. Although, but then again, that's the whole thing is Wolverine's not at the center of the book, and that's what's. <laughs> Think about the third one is Wolverine's right. barely even in it. Yep. And this cover of of issue six, it looks like he's fighting Hagrid from Harry Potter. <laughs> nice. I think that's that roughhouse guy, if I remember yeah. right. I think you're right. And then I see a saber tooth coming up. So yeah, number ten. Can't wait for that one. That's should be some good stuff. We'll get after it. Cool. Well, um, why don't you give everyone your plugs? What's your Twitter? Uh, at Cameron Sinclair is my Twitter. And that's all I got. All right. Cool. Well, what do you want to say? What do you want your, your parting words of wisdom to be? Go vote. 
if you're if it's still time to vote and you haven't yet and you're in America, then yeah. you know, go exercise your your privilege. That's right. That's right. Uh, but otherwise, that's pretty much it. Cool. All right. Well, we'll take a quick break and I'll be right back for a very short segment. <laughs> but um, thanks again, as always, Cameron, for coming on. Later. All right, so real quick before we get out of here, we have two kind of guest appearances for Wolverine in the this era of his time, kind of around the time these issues came out. Um, he's barely in Marvel Comics Presents number 16, and he's kind of in Excalibur number 4. So Marvel Comics Presents number 16, there's several stories. There's one featuring Colossus, one featuring Black Panther. Wolverine is in Dreamwalk, which features a long shot. Uh, that's written by Anne Nascenti, pencils by Larry Dixon, inks by Alfredo Alcala, letters by Ken Lopez, colors by Gregory Wright. And there's also a Kazar the Savage story in here. The cover is by Kevin Nolan, and it's Colossus on a cliff, uh, a jut, being struck by lightning. And then the back cover is a dopey long shot running, Black Panther bleeding, and Kazar showing his mug. I really like Kevin Nolan overall. I don't like this cover at all. Uh, except for the colors. The colors are cool. But Col- I don't like his version of Colossus in this cover. He's a little too, too stylized. And uh, I don't know. I just don't. The face isn't bad. I don't like the body, the way that Nolan decided to, to do it, his choice on it. And the back of it is really just not that good. Uh, the Black Panther one's not bad, but Longshot looks like a giant goober, which he is. And Kazar just looks like, I don't know, I'm trying to think. I feel like that's modeled off of an 80s actor, but I'm not sure which one. Anyway, so in the Longshot story, the X-Men, including Wolverine, teleport into town... The long shot stays behind to play, fight a Jim Henson creature. As far as the art, the creature looks good, but the rest of the art's pretty terrible, I thought. And as far as the story, I wrote in my notes, is it even a story? Because <laughs> I'm not sure that it is. <laughs> um, and the other stories in this issue suck, too. And they're not very good. The Colossus story is... Which, by the way, is also by Anna Sinti and Rick Leonardi, which the art's fine, but this is Nascenti at her preachiest. And, you know, some of the stuff she preaches about, I wouldn't even agree with. I just don't like preachiness, and especially in comic stories. Like when it's just overtly, like, browbeating, I'm just not, not a fan. And so the Colossus story was kind of a letdown. I was kind of looking forward to it when I saw, you know, hey, uh, a Colossus story by Rick Leonardi. That could be pretty sweet. And it turns out it's not really. But anyway, the, the long shot story sucks. All these, this whole issue kind of sucks. Um, I gave Marvel Comics Presents both the long shot story that barely has Wolverine and the whole issue overall. One out of six claws. So next, Wolverine is kind of in Excalibur number four. This is Still Crazy After All These Years, written by Chris Claremont, pencils by Alan Davis, 
inks by Paul Neary, colors by Glennis Oliver, letters by Tom Orzakowski, and the cover is by Alan Davis and Paul Neary. It's a really fun cover. It's a cheeky cover. Um, I like it. Uh, it's a black cover with a little spotlight in the spotlight. There's a guy, you know, with a push broom kind of cleaning up a stage or whatever. And he's got a little couple of word balloons and he says, Cover? You mean with huge muscular heroic males and beautifully erotic females engaging in gratuitous violence and get sinister criminal super brains and their ugly stupid henchmen in exotic moody high-tech subterranean bases in the eternal struggle to prevent the good being washed away in a tide of chaotic evil mayhem? Sorry, mate, you'll have to look inside for all that. Oh, I should have done all that in a British accent. I'm sorry. Though to our British listeners, I'm not that sorry because my British accent is basically just Dick Van Dyke from Mary Poppins. And I think I've heard, I've at least heard Dan from Intercomics podcast say before that he finds that offensive. So I'm glad I didn't bother to offend you, Dan. <laughs> Love ya. Um, but yeah, pretend a British guy said all that. But anyway, I thought it was a pretty fun funny cover there's also a back cover by davis and neary of megan uh in the forest with woodland creatures including some foxes get it foxy megan there you go but it's pretty good i mean it's alan davis can't ever really go too wrong with alan davis um all right so in this story um arcade captures courtney ross who is captain britain's ex for bait in monitors we see highlights of the x-men in murder world including Wolverine, of course. Excalibur comes to the rescue, but things don't go according to plan to be continued. So a couple of things worth mentioning, just kind of building up to some stories still coming, that Rachel has a psychic... Rachel, sorry, doesn't has. Uh, that it's worth mentioning that Rachel hears the psychic cry of her baby brother, which wrote in parentheses with a question mark, I'm still pretty sure uh, the Summer's baby doesn't have a name yet. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's still crazy after all these years. But anyway, that's a, a big clue leading into Inferno. It also raised a question, and I'll let other people answer this maybe, but would she be connected to her half-brother from a different timeline? Like, would there be like a mental, psychic, emotional connection there when... I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, I guess there's the same genes, kind of. I mean... I don't know. Does my version in a different dimension have my same chromosomes? I don't know. Interesting question. Anyway, the art in this story is great. And I also want to say, I think that they used actual old panels on the monitor scenes. I think there's some Dave Cockrum action going on there. So that was kind of cool. They just kind of pulled them and and at least pulled the pencils and recolored them all. And it's in... I guess kind of black and white. I think it's actually yellow and white. I'm sorry, yellow and black. Yellow and white wouldn't make sense. So yeah, black and yellow scenes. And I'm pretty sure they're, yeah, they're they're the original pencils that we're looking at. Um, So that's pretty cool. If not, and then Alan Davis intentionally aped that style for the the monitor scenes. And that's equally as cool if that's what happens. Um, The story's pretty decent. Kind of waffled on this one between... A high three and a low four, but I think I'm going to go with four out of six claws for Excalibur number four. Cool. So those are a couple of barely there Wolverine guest appearances. 
kind of the first part of his 15th year. Um, so I hope you enjoyed that. And uh, let's, uh, let's wrap it up, huh? All right, so that's going to do it for episode 199. Hope you enjoyed it. We had a lot of fun talking about it, so I hope you have fun listening to it. Um, speaking of fun, of course, next episode will be, ish, uh, not issue, will be episode 200, the big 200, the big 200. And with that is a movie commentary for X3. So Denise and I uh, do a little commentary track. You're welcome to watch along with us and listen to the podcast. Though it's, it's opinion time. I don't, this, this might be the last one of these. So if you have an opinion one way or the other, please vocalize it. You know, you can tweet, email, Facebook, whatever. I just, they're fun. I'm just not sure how interesting they turn out as episodes. So if you like them, let us know. And, you know, maybe we'll keep doing them. But, yeah, I, I just don't know. Um, anyway, you may recall this was supposed to happen for episode 150 and, you know, due to pregnancy-related issues, we just weren't ever able to do it. So now we're going to do it for 200. So hopefully you will enjoy that and um, we'll see if we, we do any more. Uh, we'll still do the movies for anniversary episodes, but... So I guess that's the deal. Y'all, you guys decide and let us know whether you want us to keep doing commentary tracks or just do like a normal kind of movie podcast where we just talk about the movie, you know, more in depth than we do like when the movies come out and we kind of mention the highlights. This would be a more like nitpicky uh, analysis if that's what we decided to do. But uh, you guys let us know. Um, As far as the next flashback episode, it will be Inferno. So that is coming right around the bend. I have a giant stack of Inferno comics to read through. I've actually already started. Um, so I'll work through those and try to get that out, you know, as soon as I can. And then um, we'll keep carrying on with the current comics. So that's that's what's all coming down the... You know, I have a, I have a question or just a random thought. I've always, my whole life, said coming down the pipe. Because that makes sense to me. I guess, you know, just thought about it in Ninja Turtle language that like, you know, water coming down the pipe. That's what's coming next. I've since seen it written down and realized that a lot of people say coming down the pike, P-I-K-E. And I don't even really know what that means. (laughs) So, I I guess I'm probably wrong. I mean, I'm at least outnumbered for sure. But I'm going to keep saying coming down the pipe because that makes more sense to me. P-I-P-E. Just, you know, it's my show, my rules. <laughs> Jaw rule. Anyway. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. So, that's going to do it. Uh, please like the Facebook page. Twitter is at Snipcast. Email us Snipcast at yahoo.com. And um, show notes and stuff are snipcast.podbean.com. And until next time, everyone, hugs and snicks. All right. Bye bye. And snatch.